Hello, everybody. It is your girls from Keep Your Gin Up. I'm Zana. And I'm Jess. And we're here. You're providing some fabulous flavor to your Friday yet again. And we have a bit of a mixed bag episode for you. We're going to kind of cover a few random things and then go into kind of nursing in the pandemic and what we've been through and how we kind of deal with it every damn day. Because you guys talk about the pandemic every day and you obviously affects your personal lives, but it also affects our work life. So like we can never escape it ever. Ever, literally, <laughs> ever, ever, literally ever, ever. But this episode is also, yeah, we've got, we got like a little um life update mm-hmm. stuff that we want to tell you about, a few life updates for sure. I don't even mm-hmm. know where to start. There's a lot of stuff we want to share with you guys. Well, should we just start with our spill the teas? Because, you know, that's a little bit of an icebreaker and then we'll go into the rest. All righty. What's your spill the tea there, Zana? I haven't even heard this one. No, you haven't. <laughs> Something that happened on the plane. It was so funny. I was just sitting there and I was like trying not to laugh out loud. So I was sitting there and like I would get, was given the exit row. So I was given the extra leg room and they're like, oh, can you like look after people in an emergency? And I was like, yeah, fine. I'll be fine. Anyway, so there's like two rows or four rows of people who are emergency, I guess, attendees. And you do the emergency training and whatnot. Um, and then behind me, there was like these two people. They didn't know each other. One was like a mum, so she's like in her 40s, 50s. And then the other guy was like in his 20s. And the guy just like started talking to this woman next to him. Like, you know how people, some people chat on the flights, like, but then, you know, you say a few things and then you stop talking. Like they tried, or they were kind of like talking the enti- almost the entire flight, apart from a couple of times where they like were sleeping. And the, the, boy was like asking this woman all these questions he's like oh like what do you do what are you doing coming back from Townsville like what are you here in Brisbane for like he was like fully asking her turns out he's only 21 he was like having this full conversation with his mum which is <laughs> one weird in itself and then they were just discussing about living in Brisbane and how he was new to Brisbane and how he works for the RAF base and how he's 21 and like he's only just moved there and he has a twin that lives in Townsville so he went there for like to visit his twin anyway and then at the end of the conversation it was so funny she goes oh you should catch up with my daughter like she's 20 she lives in Brisbane like she has such a good social life and all this shit and then she's like oh do you have snapchat (laughs) he get she gave him her daughter's snapchat and she's Fuck like, oh, hell. like she was showing him photos of her being like, this is my daughter. She's like, I'll tell him, I'll tell her that I met you and like that you're going to message her on Snapchat and you can go out with her hiking and all the stuff. And I was like, oh my God, imagine if this actually happens. Wow. Now, did he look like a creeper to you? <laughs> no, he was so hot. <laughs> oh, that lucky daughter. Fuck I know, I know. when he said he was 21, I was like, fucking damn it. <laughs> Age doesn't matter, honey. Doesn't matter. You can go for it. Yeah, but I was looking at him. He was not looking at me, unfortunately. Oh, what? Oh, I love the young man. He's more interested in the mum. I feel like. Oh, he likes the older women then, clearly. I'm in. Oh, God, I'm I was in. like sitting in the, like, in front of them being like. <laughs> trying not to laugh. I love that she knows what Snapchat is. That's actually hilarious. I know. And she's like, how do I do this? How do I send you her name? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> well, thank oh. God it's a hot guy. Because if it wasn't a hot guy and, like, her daughter got this message from this yeah, but what if dude. What if the daughter's not, I mean, not that attractive, like attractiveness matters that much, but what if the daughter's not attractive? And then he's like, oh God. And she, he never messages oh, her. I don't know. I mean, he sounds like a chatty dude. I feel like he could talk Ugh. to anybody. Wow. That's hilarious. And it's funny that you know their entire conversation because obviously you're right in front of them all. And all it's time. like a 10 PM flight. Like it's like, not like it's the middle of the day. Like it's nighttime. It's they were having flight. a full convo. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I am guilty of that though. I love having conversations with randoms on the plane. I love yeah. it. And if they want to have a drink with me, I'm all down for it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I know it's so funny, isn't it? I actually like jumped on the plane and like I was sitting next to these three other tradies that were from TI as well. Um, and they I was sitting next to the biggest guy. Like these planes going to TI, for anyone who doesn't know, are small. Um, and he was sitting next to me and he was a big guy. Like he basically took over the armrest I had like no room luckily it was only like an hour flight an hour and a half flight um and he was saying how like they'd cancelled his flight in the morning as well and he's like oh my name is Peter and like he was trying to be my friend and then all the tradies were talking to me and he's like oh we're gonna be on this journey for a long time together 12 hours every time I'd see him at the next stop and the next stop he's like hey see you again fancy seeing you again (laughs) oh it was so funny but I was like please Please don't put me on the set, like next to him in the next flight. I was like, I can't do another time. I can't even put my arm down. Isn't that, that's like the worst thing ever for anyone like that gets planes a lot. Not having the armrest. It's a battle. It's a battle for I the armrest. The armrest. I, I know it's armrest. a battle. I didn't mm. have one because I was on the window side. So I didn't have like, I barely had any room on this side. And then he took over the armrest. So I was like, eh. all squished. Oh God. Lovely mm. time. So how long was your travel time in the end? She had to go from Thursday Ooh. Island all the way to Brisbane. 
So I left yesterday just before one and I got home at 12.30, like yeah. midnight. So Girl, almost 12, 12 hours. Lovely, lovely. But you're back mm. home now in Brisbane in our I apartment. I am back home. I'm back home in the apartment. It's so nice. And literally the lady downstairs when we were getting out, like me and Jess have gone a little bit overboard with buying stuff while we've been mm. away. There was so many packages downstairs. Like she was like, <laughs> what the hell? And I was like, no, there needs to be more. And I, she kept going back into the room and being like, oh, no, I found another one. I'm like, no, there's <laughs> definitely more. And she goes back, oh, no, I found another one. I'm like, yeah, there's going to be so many. <laughs> Fuck, she judges us hard, eh? <laughs> oh, she's like, I'm jealous. I want all these presents. <laughs> Like, so what happens when you go away for three months? <laughs> and one of these presents is our sick new podcasting equipment, which is Oof. so cool. And you can actually like blend songs into it. So we have this like really fun song that I actually oh, wanted to share with you guys last We're going to share it. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually about poo. So when, what I wanted to kind of go into last time with Thursday Island, which we just got sidetracked, was the fact that some of their words, they say different words for because they speak a different language. Um, and they speak Creole. And one of their words for poo is Kuma. So they call it Kuma. And then we found this Kuma song. And because there's an island at the moment, there's a lot of aged care people and we were on night shift and this is in no way like discriminatory or anything. I'm not trying to be mean to anyone, but because the, the night was so quiet, we were like waiting. We were just waiting for some poo action because that was just going to keep us busy for the night. And we'd sing the <laughs> Kuma song and just hope that the Kuma would come. <laughs> this was the song that we were singing. <laughs> and I'm going to play it for you now. Do it. It's so addictive. Kuma, Kuma, Kuma. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good banger. Mm. Yeah, so that's just a little snippet. If anyone wants to check it out, it's the Kuma Poop song on YouTube. There's only one. That's it. It's a good time. It's just, it's been, it's not been quiet at the moment. It's just a lot of people have been a bit nervous to come down to the yeah. hospital because of the COVID situation. But we do have a couple of, Elderly patients, um, so mm. they're a bit bed bound. So there's, yeah, a lot, lot of lot of Kumo action going, yes. going on there. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what? I had a different spill the tea, but because we've just spoken about that Kuma poo, I just remember mm. something that happened on my last night shift. Oh my oh, god, what? Nasty! It was so nasty. It was like Kuma so, Kuma Kuma. It was to do with Kuma, <laughs> yes. So we <laughs> we had a bit of a Kuma explosion on my last Ooh. night shift. Um, I think it was on my second night shift. And all three of us were in there, like getting it ready. It was such an explosion that we had to do the whole sheets and everything, you know. Whew, nasty. Anyway, we're doing it. <laughs> it was, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, anyway, later on, I'm like sitting at the desk and I'm like doing something. And I looked at my arm and I thought, I'm like, wow, I've never noticed that mole before. And I thought, Jesus, that's oh. really bad. Yeah, and I go, I was looking and I was like, that's really bad. It's a really weird colored mole. And then I kind of paused a little bit before I touched it. And I was like, is this creamer? And then I grabbed a cloth and I wiped oh, it and it was God. not a mole. No, it was. Kuma. She was having a Kuma mud bath. <laughs> <laughs> a little Kuma must have, flicked, must have flicked on me during my shift. And you know this what? Happened. At least an hour, at least an hour past. Was it dry? That. It was dry Kuma because it looked like a mole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't so you love nasty. nursing? And oh. then I like went and cleaned my whole arms in the you know, in the sink. And I was like, where else has it gone? Is it on my neck? Is it on my face? Like, where is it? Oh, isn't just nursing the best. It's just mm. so good. I just haven't had to deal with Kuma for a long time because I work in recovery a lot. You don't really deal with Kuma in recovery. Mm. And ED, you deal with a little bit of Kuma in ED, but yeah. it's definitely, it's more, more the vomits, more the vomits in ED and blood and stuff. Yeah. It's not really Kuma related. We so, have a lot of Kuma related in ICU, so I'm used to it. Oh, mm. Yeah. See, I'm not very good. Obviously you're really good at not flinging poo on yourself. Mm. I clearly I'm a pro poo. you know what I like take pride in the fact that I can get a kuma or poo filled sheet or urine filled sheet or blood filled sheet I can get all of it out put a new sheet in with a new pad and everything all in one go and nothing gets on the new sheet on the new pad there's nothing I'm... fucking worse than getting yeah like putting the new sheet on and then it gets destroyed and then you're like oh fuck. I've done it so many times now that most of the time I look at it and I'm like this isn't gonna work I'm not gonna it's not gonna happen this time and then I do it and I'm like fuck yeah I did it oh, <laughs> you need to teach me those skills because yeah. my Kuma skills suck <laughs> oh yeah that's my spill the tea then because I had another one but this is I needed a poo related one yeah that was a good one that, that was a good one mm, love it love it so before we get into this episode we actually just need to give you a little life update because a few people have been messaging us being like oh I can't wait for you to like to hear about Saudi and stuff like mm -hmm. that so we kind of need to update you on our life and our life decisions because a lot has changed 
since we podcasted last week. Um, so we kind of low-key found out that our podcast is illegal <laughs> in Saudi. So like, um, totally illegal, like fully. We would have to break many, many laws to continue the podcast. You can't there. promote alcohol. You can't promote sex. You can't say anything bad about Saudi. You can't say anything kind of too out there or like, you know, uncensored. Is, we, have, we have the word our podcast. Yeah. We have the word gin in our fucking name. So that's already, so we're like already a highly illegal offense. Promoting. Yeah, we're already promoting just with our name. And we didn't want to like stop giving you content for a year. Like it just wasn't an option for us. It wasn't an option no. to stop this. Like we've put so much work and effort and money into this and we love it. Like it, we love it more than our job. Like we, I mean, like more than our day jobs. We want this to be our life one day, hopefully, fingers crossed. So we didn't want to give Manifest. it up and stop. Yeah. We didn't want to give it up or anything. So we like spoke to a couple of people and we spoke to our agency and they were like, yeah, you need to decide podcast or Saudi. And we, we were both just like, I'm not willing to give up our podcast. So we gave up Saudi. Yeah, we said, sorry, yeah. mate, we're retracting our contracts, which was so, a bit, we, yeah. we weren't even that upset though, to be honest. We were a bit like, wow, okay. But like our plan after Saudi was to travel Australia. So we're just like skipping the Saudi part and we're going to go traveling Australia like we're already doing yeah. now, but just more full on, I guess. Yeah, so it really hasn't changed our lives in like a negative way. Like obviously it's like sad that we're not getting the experience and we can't go be that close internationally traveling, but we get paid so well here anyway. We're still going to be traveling around Australia and doing amazing things. It's not going to stop us from doing that. So yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, I was really keen for the 10 weeks of annual leave. I mean, in Greece was only two mm. hours away, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Just gonna have to I'm happy with international travel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, that's our, bi- that's our big joint spill the tea because mm. now everyone's messaging us being like, like we just got a message today. I, we haven't replied yet. And she's been like, mm. so excited to hear about all your Saudi adventures. And we're just like, we're going to have to start telling people. I know. So, yeah, but it's still good to tell you guys now. And, yeah, so we can kind of start talking about our other future plans for 2022. But um, before that, we're going to give you a little podcast about like nursing in the pandemic and like what it's been like for us. Obviously we both work in different areas. It's been different experiences for us. Um, and just like a little bit of, of yeah, about how we've dealt with it and what we've had to go through. Um, Cause like we said, it affects every single hour of our life. hundred percent. And it's exhausting. Mm. It's actually freaking mm. exhausting, which yeah. I'm sure people understand. They know it is, but like, it's good for you guys to hear from a nursing point of view, what we actually have to do with in a day to day life because I know some people are frustrated yeah. just by the pandemic already you know that they're like confused like I don't want to wear masks and this is bullshit and I have to work from home and I totally understand that but actually like working 10 to 12 hours during all this shit as well as going home and having to deal with all the other crap is like mm. you know it's 24 hours a day that we're dealing with this shit yeah and I remember when the pandemic first started everyone was like oh my god I'm stuck at home I can't work I got my like work's been shut down like everyone was getting paid those COVID allowances or COVID whatever they were called, COVID pay. So basically they were getting like paid to be at home, to not work, to not do anything. And like, we still had, we didn't get any of that. We still had to go to work, slave our asses away. Like we usually did. Like for nurses, we don't get to stop. Like we never yeah. get a break, no matter what, 24 seven hospitals never close. It never stops for us. So and while everyone was kind of complaining that they were home, almost at the same time, I wanted to be home. I was like, I would do anything to be in a position and just be home getting paid $700 a week to do nothing. Like oh, that would no. be fabulous. But right I know there's so like, I know some people didn't qualify and it was a very yeah. messy time. So everyone has different it's stressful. Yeah. hundred percent. But it was like very just a strange time, especially that first mm. six months of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone was just like, watch the fuck. But I was so overworked and I was just, I was oh, doing so many shifts. I was doing out of mm. a fortnight, I would do like 13 out of 14 days and I could have easily done 14 out of 14 for that fortnight, but I was just like exhausted. And yeah. then you didn't know. And then like people, we didn't even get the, it took ages for even to get a sickness benefit with COVID with nursing staff, because it's like someone would have like, um, Oh my God. What's it called when you get like a sniffly nose, but it's to do with the weather. What's that called? Hay fever. fever. Sorry, guys. I'm just a bit sleepy. Um, <laughs> hay fever. Like, they would have hay fever symptoms and be forced to stay home and not be allowed to work. But then they're like, literally, it's hay fever. And then they would mm-hmm. have to, like, take the day off and then they'll they make you use their sick leave and just shit like that. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, we need the staff. I've got no one hay fever. But because everyone was so confused about the symptoms of COVID, they're like, nah. Mm. You know, and they had forced days off as well and not getting paid for it. So it was stressful. Yeah. It is stressful. And... I obviously was the same. I worked through in ICU through the whole start of the pandemic and obviously have, we have continued to work through it. Um, 
And the people were, people were doing 18 hour days, like a lot of the days of the week, because we didn't have a choice. There was no one and we were it and there wasn't anyone else to come. And like, it's gotten way worse now where I used to work because now instead of people, like we, back then we weren't really getting COVID personally. We were just kind of dealing with the impatience and it wasn't spread to the community, but now it's so spread in the community that instead, like as, as well as already being burnt out, nurses are actually getting COVID and having to isolate at home, which makes you even more short-staffed, which means everyone who isn't sick has to work their butts off, but then they're going to get sick because they're so overworked. And they even if they don't get sick from COVID, they're going to get sick like mentally because they're so overworked. Yeah. So it's such a bad cycle and it's just, yeah, it's taken think- a toll on a lot of nurses. And I think a lot of nurses will not be nurses anymore after this. Oh yeah, I've heard that a lot actually. Mm. But I just get worried because I constantly try to monitor my symptoms. And if yeah. I'm a little bit tired, I think, is this is this the Rona? Or if I've mm-hmm. got a headache, I'm like, is it the Rona? If I've got like a sharp tummy pain for any any reason, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's the Rona. Like I constantly, and I'm so scared because I'm working with such vulnerable people. I'm especially right now. I'm on Thursday Island dealing with you know Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people, and they're very vulnerable. And then I constantly like I'm wearing a mask at work, of course, but like. There's that part of you that's just like, God, what if, what if I've got it? And then what if yeah. I've given it to this family and then they give it to their family and then, oh, and you just panic. Like I just feel so yeah. guilty. I panic constantly. Yeah. Now, it's really hard. Like, I've just, um, I've just been camping. I went and finished night shift and I went camping at one of the islands and I didn't really sleep very much that night because, you know, having all fun times. And I came home yesterday and I went to have a nap at 1.30 PM and no kidding. I actually woke up at 12 PM today. Like mm. that's a long time. It was like 23 yeah. hours that I was asleep. And now yeah. I'm like, can, now I'm like, is it because I had night shift and didn't really sleep and went camping or is it because I got the Rona? Like what the fuck? Mm. I'm so scared to go to work tomorrow. Oh, no. I know. And I think that's what also what people don't get is that when we talk about like people think that we're just paranoid or like people think that it's letting like that we're letting it control our lives, but it it actually has nothing to do with that until you like put yourself in our shoe in yourselves in our shoes. You don't really realize that it's not just about you anymore. Like, yeah, I understand all the people out there that are like, fuck this. I don't care about getting COVID anymore. Like I'm just going to get it and whatever. Like, obviously we're all going to get it eventually, but for us, we really have to be hypervigilant of our, of our symptoms because we can take it to someone that's unvaccinated in a hospital. There can still be unvaccinated people in hospitals. And if we spread it to them and they get really sick, like that's not great. And we take responsibility for that. And as nurses, I think we have empathy for other people, like quite hardcore. And we just don't want other people to get really sick. Like I've seen people really, really, really unwell and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So we just like get extra cautious, I guess. And I know we're all going to get it but we just have to be hypervigilant of how we're feeling. And the same thing, like every time I'm tired, I'm like, oh my God, is this it? Is this it? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I've got it. Oh I've God, I can't it. test every day for the rest of my life. But oh, it's just, yeah, it's stressful, yeah. man. Do you know, it's actually, because we don't want to talk too much about the whole vaccine thing, because yeah. we know that's just such a big debate. And I we try very hard just not even to get into that conversation. Yeah. But um, just about vaccinations in general, um, I we actually had a patient, before you came, Zana, actually, we had a patient with that had diphtheria mm-hmm. in his throat. And I actually had to educate myself on diphtheria because it's so eradicated now because we have the vaccine mm-hmm. for it that I was kind of like, wow, people, people, people should get this. What, what the hell? Exactly. Like, we don't even know what it is. He was so f- like fucked up from it. And it's like this thick shit that goes all down your throat and it's all gray and it's this disgusting bacterial infection. And I was just like, ew, like this is so preventable. Like I can't believe mm-hmm. we're dealing with this. And like certain things, like, cause as nurses, we get, um, you can get your blood work taken to see how your immune, like your immunity levels towards your vaccinations. And for example, I find it very hard to, um, I don't know how to explain this. Like my vaccination status was always changing. So hep B, for example, I'm only immune to it for like six months. And then all of a sudden I dip down and I have to keep getting boosters. So when I look after someone with hep B, I actually have to put my hand up and say, I can't look after this patient because I'm prone to getting it. And then that means I'm prone to then spreading it to other people. So it's just like things like that, that you have to be mindful of. But yeah, the diphtheria, that diphtheria one was like such a shocker for me. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because people wouldn't even think that that was a thing or think ever think about getting it because you get your vaccinations for that when you're a child and you like, you can't really go to school without getting them. So these are the things that we are already protected against. That we've already had a vaccine for when we were kids that is now protecting us as adults. It's the same. I know it's all new and it seems like this thing that's 
come out of nowhere, but it really hasn't. And it's something that is the same as us getting vaccines when we were children. It's going to protect us for our lives and it's going to protect us from getting unwell. And eventually the pandemic will, it will phase out and it will become just a flu. And that's what the aim of the vaccine is, is to make it. So it's just a flu. We can get over it in a couple of days and we're all fine. Yeah. But those things that like happened back when we were kids, like back when there was a Spanish flu and all that stuff, like it's eradicated because of vaccines and because these things get implemented and it is for the benefit of people. It isn't for like trying to make everyone, I don't know, get microchips and all that crazy stuff that people say. I know. Some of the things we just want to look up, like they just want to look after us. If they wanted to kill us all off, they would have just let COVID do it for us. (laughs) Like they would have killed us off. And I think people like there's actually people having like COVID parties and stuff as adults. And Mm. I don't, yeah, people don't understand how bad that actually is. Like I know back in the day, you know, you had chicken pox parties as a kid, like, and mm-hmm. you like, you know, they would purposely go, go, go hang out with that kid. So you just get the chicken pox already. When you're yeah. a kid, man, your, your immune system's like wild. Like you can exactly. Just get yeah. But I mean, you've probably seen it before Zana and ICU having um, chicken pox to a grown adult slash elderly shingles, person yeah. turns into shingles. And when an elderly person especially gets shingles, whoo, they are sick. It's bad. They yeah. are and it's not even like, it's not even the sickness that gets them the worst. It's, it's, it's actually the long-term effects of getting mm-hmm. shingles, like the nerve pain. And nerve like, pain, yeah. It's, it's all this nerve, like neurological stuff that happens. And it is so horrible. And it could be something so simple, like, um, you know, their grandchild having chicken pox and then mm-hmm. spending time at grandma's house. And now grandma is freaking sick. And now for the rest of her, she's only got 15, 20 years left of her life. She's dealing with chronic, chronic pain issues for that remaining 20 years of her life because of mm. the fact that she hung out with that child with chickenpox. And that's why they're trying to obviously get um, the chickenpox jab into children as well. And it's, it is eradicating, but it still happens. And I see that mm. in hospitals and I'm like, fuck, poor things. Yeah. And I know COVID has happened at a, like, I guess a very prominent time in our like history and our society of people who are much more open and there's much more freedom of speech and there's much more freedom of choice and things like that. So I think that's yeah. why it's also so prominent and also social media obviously is just rampant at the moment and one one thing reaches 20 million people so it's obviously you know these things and these rumors and these conversations are spreading from people who don't actually have one single clue about anything scientific but someone's going to hold on to that information because of one person's experience but I even know my friend that works in ICU she's a nurse she's young she's my age she's fit she's healthy and she had three shots she had all her all of her COVID vaccinations and a booster and she still got so sick like she had fevers of 40 degrees for three days she was really unwell and yes that's a rare case most people just get the flu and they're fine in a couple of days but it can still make you really sick and the probably the fact of the matter is is that if she didn't have a vaccine she could have died from that because if she was already that sick she would have been way worse yeah, definitely. Oh, mm. no, it's just hard because I saying, especially when you're a nurse, like we get not quizzed a lot for this, but like social settings and stuff that are people that are, say, anti-vaxxers or pro-choice, they'll expect us to have this big, I don't know, conversation Uproar. with them to try. <laughs> yeah, and to try to like yeah. make them, I don't know, like. Feel better like for the decision. Well, <laughs> not even that. I just feel like they expect us to sit there and try and. I don't know, make them see our way. And I just, yeah. I don't care. Like, I just don't care anymore. I've actually gotten yeah. to the point where as a nurse, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I, I think just I just, yeah, I think we've just like heard so many opinions and told people so many times the benefits of it that I think it just gets tedious after a while. If people just keep saying that you're wrong or like that they don't care about your opinions. Like, like there's no point in sharing them. Like if you want to get a vaccination, you'll get it. If you don't want to get it, you're not going to get it. And maybe like we can help turn one person's opinion, I don't know, by this podcast, who knows, but most of the people that are going to stick to their opinions are going to stick to it and no amount of persuasion is going to help that. Yeah. So I think we'll Mm. we'll run through like what happens like when we have to deal with a COVID positive or even a potential COVID, because then you understand kind of the trickiness of our situation when we're working. So, you know, Mm. you present to an emergency department um, and we have to screen you straight away and we have to say, do you have runny nose, sore throat, do you have headache, do you have fatigue, do you have body aches and pains, joint pain, do you have abdomen pain? Like, And a lot of um, people that present to ED have some kind of mm. abdominal pain. Like, like I don't know, it's, it's like so many people come in for belly pain, right? So then you have to make that decision and you say, okay, well, you have to be put in the COVID section. So that's like this room that's literally a bed. It's got an observation machine and that's it. There's nothing in there. It's, it's just bare. So you have to yeah, put it yeah. in there. 
And then we have to fully gown up into our PPE. We have to put our N95 on. We have to put our glasses, goggles on. We need to put our gown on. Some people put the little foot booties on. Um, and then we have to make sure you bring everything into that room. So you've got to really think clinically, like, okay, what's with this patient? Like, what's their age? What's their, you don't even get to get a medical history or any type of assessment before they go in that room. You just got to get them straight in that room away Mm. from everybody else. So then you're like, oh, and then you got to go in there and you could be in there for like an hour. And when I'm in there, I'm literally soaking sweat through my gown which is Mm -hmm. already compromising me because there's sweat literally going to be causing holes in my gown. And then I start fogging up my fucking goggles. And so you put tape there and you do everything possible to try to prevent and have the perfect seal of your mask and you get fit tested and everything. And I still fog up. And that's when I know I've got to get out of the room because if I start Mm. fogging up that thing, I'm like, oh no, I'm compromised. And then you've got to try and do everything while you're sweating balls. Like, and you're trying to obviously give as much empathy to that person as well while you're sweating your tits off. <laughs> it's hot. It is hot. And that's an air conditioned hospital. It's like people it's are doing this so shit hot. outside. Like we had a fever clinic in Thursday Island and we were doing rat testing and PCR testing outside in like 30 to 40 degree heat with 80% humidity, even higher humidity. I don't even know what it is there. It could be oh, 100% because it's ridiculous. And you're in a corridor that has no airflow like at all. And you're in and out of that PPE all day. Like you can barely drink because you're not supposed to take your mask off. And if you take your mask off to drink, you're really not supposed to put it back on. You're supposed to put a new one on. So you're barely drinking any water. You're out in 40 degree heat with PPE. You're dehydrated. You don't eat that much. Like, and that's just, that's just normal for nurses at the moment. That's just how it is. And my friends back in ICU in Sydney at one of the hospitals there at St. Vincent's hospital, they can be spending 12 hours in that PPE. Yeah. They're in air con, but they don't leave that room because the more people that are exposed to those patients, the more people are at risk. So they usually nominate one or two people to each person that's positive. And I know now they've created the whole ICU into a COVID unit, so it doesn't count. But back when they were doing just isolation rooms, you just get a couple of people that are nominated there each day. So it reduces the risk of people getting exposed to COVID. So you're in that room for 12 hours at a time. A lot of my friends ended up going home and fainting because they were so, so unwell and so dehydrated. Like this is what nurses are facing and it's not humane, it's not easy, it's not normal, but there's, there's no other option. Like this is what yeah. nurses are facing, especially in intensive care. There's so much more risk, not only for you, like because patients who are ventilated, if their ventilators become disconnected or anything like that, that respiratory tract is immediately aerosolized. We suck at these medical words. Oh my God, they're immediately aerosolized, which creates it into an airborne virus and a droplet virus it's everywhere and yes those rooms cycle those air that air very fast but if there's any breach in your ppe that is the time that you will be exposed and if you get direct aerialized droplets like immediately of course you're going to get it like you're breathing them straight in you're swallowing them straight in they're going into your eyes if anything of your ppe isn't on properly yeah and not to mention that you're creating risk for your patients if you're coming to work that's sick and even if someone's not in there for anything that is COVID related, they might be in there for, I don't know, pancreatitis and they happen to have COVID or they might be in this pancreatitis and don't have COVID and you're coming in there and you've been out at a party for New Year's Eve or whatever and you infect that person who's already super unwell, they're on inotropes, they're on oxygen already and they get COVID, like Mm. they're fucked. (laughs) Like there's so many factors in ICU to think about and it's just it's just so much and it's what nurses carry with them as soon as yeah, like as soon stressful. as they enter work and as soon as you leave. Yeah, it's so stressful. Doesn't stop. And like even like when I would leave my patient, like, you know, everyone that presents to an emergency department, it's a very scary thing. You know, mm. anyone, if I go to emergency, I freak out. I'm like, I don't like being sick. I don't want to be here. No. So I don't like to leave them for too long. So, you know, I want to get back into PPE and be in that room just to provide some kind of comfort to them, you know, mm. because they're, they're shitting themselves. They're so yeah, scared. scary as. Um, and especially if they've got pain issues and stuff and I've just been giving them like, you know, high levels of painkillers. I need to keep monitoring mm. them because that's my job as a nurse. But then I'm constantly going in and out, in and out with a COVID positive patient. Mm. So I try to stay in there as long as I can, but the longer we're in there, we're putting ourselves at risk. So it's just this constant battle where you have to sit there and yeah. be like, okay, like, do I exit the room now? Or like, have I, have I just breached because I'm fogging up my glasses again? Like, 
Mm-hmm. I still don't know how I keep fogging up my freaking glasses. Like, I don't know why that keeps happening. But trying to cannulate somebody, if you don't know what a cannula is, which is uh, technically like a drip that you pop in to take bloods out and to give IV fluids, um, trying to put that in with double gloves so you get, mm-hmm. you don't, you can't feel the vein properly when you've got two gloves on. It's very, very hard. God, no. You've got to try and feel a vein and then you've got to try and make sure then I've got a, I've got a foggy mask. So I've got very bad visual kind of observation going on and I'm trying to chuck in a, a drip and then I'm trying to draw blood and I'm trying to connect it all up and provide comfort to a patient by myself. Like it's really hard work, especially mm-hmm. if they're needle phobic or something as well. Um, it's just those little things you just got to think about. And then you're literally yeah. covered in sweat. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking, mm-hmm. It's the, it's the most slimy I've ever been in my whole life. Like you get sweat in places you didn't even know there was sweat. Like you get under titty, under titty sweat, you get butt crack sweat, you get the JJ sweat, you get. It goes into your belly button. Like begins into your belly button. Every sweat. Like you come out and like Mm -hmm. everything, if you're not in dark scrubs, you're wet. Like people can see you're visibly wet. Have you ever had ear sweat? Mm, That's a thing too. Yeah. God, it's just so sweaty in those things. We used to pump the air con luckily because we had like when I was working there most of the time they were just in the negative pressure rooms and we'd have the aircon at 19 and I'd still be sweating mm-hmm. and that was the coldest our aircon could possibly go and we were still so hot in those rooms Ugh. and the thing is is we didn't oh, yeah. exit we didn't like I mean yes we clustered cares but we would do like 7 a.m whenever we went in there to get handover we would do that all until break time so 7 to 10 half an hour break you get back there in at 10 probably be there till one then you'd get back in at one and you'd be there till seven like we didn't we only came out for breaks and really we didn't we had little walkie talkies and we'd talk to each other through the doors we had these big glass walls on each of the isolation rooms so we'd have everything stuck up there people would stick out blood gases on there so we could see what they were inside the room and we'd stick anything that we found from inside the room on there so that they could see it from the outside and you'd literally just talk through walkie talkies and like a, a little like when the patient's fine it's crazy but when yeah. the patient's sick and they're crashing it's not good it is fucking stressful man you know that's actually good, that's a good layout actually because like when you go to then the rural hospitals they don't obviously have a very good setup for mm. COVID, and they're, they're trying their very best but like you don't have things like you don't even have a window on your door no to even let them know oh this is the blood gas results how you speak you can't even like you can't even show them. Like now mm. we're using like a Skype style Microsoft Teams and I have to like hold it up, which is really good. But yeah, we used to just have walkie talkies and it used to just be so bad. And they'll be like trying yeah. to walkie talkie my way through. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, the, the CO2 levels this and this is this. And you're like, this is fucked. Yeah. And you'd be like trying to ask people for stuff through the window and you'd be like trying to wave. I'd be like at the window for ages, like waving because no one was paying yeah. attention. I'm like, hello, like, please pay attention to me. Like I need something <laughs> crashing, patients crashing. Oh God, oh, man! Yes. And it's just going to get worse. Like right now, I'm on Thursday Island. Zana's just got back to Brisbane. I'm going to be in Brisbane next week, and we're just we're like mentally preparing ourselves for what we're going to have to be mm-hmm. doing when we're in Brisbane because yeah. we've been getting a lot of phone calls to come back to work there, and we're just like, yeah, we're coming. Yeah, um, I was meant to work today, but because my flats got delayed and I didn't get in until midnight, I couldn't work today, and I had too many things to sort out, so. I didn't go to work today, but I've already got a call from one of the public hospitals here being like, we're going to get you in for orientation because I'm going to go there as a casual. So that's going to be hectic because I know that they're a major public hospital and it's going to be pretty intense. They're going to have a lot of COVID. But, you know, I've avoided COVID this long. Who knows when the hell I'm going to get it, but I will eventually get it, I'm sure. Um, but I yeah, might have it right now. I mean, freaking yeah, hell, who could. the hell sleeps 23 hours? I'm, I'm genuinely worried. Mm. I know I came off night shift and I basically skipped a whole day's sleep, but 23 hours, that's a bit much. I mean, yeah, I've probably got a time. pressure sore now. Fuck. <laughs> oh my God, a pressure sore. I better check my sleep. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to also put a little, um, I guess a little break in here and also add some voice memos that some of our friends and colleagues have sent us about what their experiences was like in COVID as well and like good and bad things. Um, so we're going to pop them in here too so you guys can have a listen. So working as a nurse in the pandemic, um, I guess the first year it all kind of kicked off. I was still in a bit of a shock, I think everyone was. And then it was just like a year like I've never had before. I've been a nurse for 12 years and I've just never been so scared before. Like I'd look after patients and I'd legit be scared. It was, COVID was so new. And then as time's gone on, like it just so hard it wasn't really what I signed up for when I went 
to become a nurse. But then the other side, I guess, is I have become closer with my peers because of it. I think because we couldn't really mix with anyone else because I was too scared to give COVID to anyone. And for someone like me, where my family's abroad, um, it was really isolating that I have been really lucky that I became super close to other nurses. And I think the pandemic has given us a complete mutual respect for each other more so than ever before. Um, I don't think really anyone can really understand what we do apart from nurses. And I think that's kind of really special that we have that. It's like a little gang that no one else can get into. But it's just scary how it's now the third year and like the hospitals aren't really letting up, but we just kind of have to carry on and do our best. So my experience of working as an intensive care nurse during the pandemic has been quite a stressful one. I would describe it as every day being so unique and different, varying on the situation. During the first outbreak, when we were first exposed to COVID in 2020, you know, we kind of prepared as much as we could, but then the wave never really came. But we did have a variety of different COVID patients that we looked after. But then it wasn't until 2021 with the Delta variant that we were really tested. And that was really crazy. We had lots of ECMO patients, all of them with COVID. And that was, you know, really challenging. All of our resources were put towards that. Staffing was really difficult. And, you know, it was a really challenging experience. But then things kind of settled down for a little bit uh, towards the end of November. And then we had a couple of weeks where, you know, things went back to normal relatively. But then, you know, recently with the Omicron outbreak, we've had a similar sort of thing with the Delta where, you know, there's a perception that people won't be uh, hospitalised with the Omicron or they're less likely to be hospitalised. But now we are seeing lots of patients presenting to hospital who are, you know, just as sick, just um, uh, as sick as the Delta patients, still on ECMO, requiring lots of support. So, you know, it's definitely been a challenging experience. I've learned a lot. But, you know, our resources in the public hospital have really been pushed. And I think we've all been pushed as uh, nurses and all members of the medical team and all, you know, members of the multidisciplinary team in the hospital. So hopefully we've reached the peak of the Omicron variant and hopefully things can go back to normal as much as possible. But it's just so hard to know what will happen moving forward. But we've just got to take it one day at a time and work together as a team. Hey, I'm Lisa. I'm a registered nurse. Uh, I'm currently working in New South Wales um, on a permanent, uh, in a permanent job. I was working at the beginning of the pandemic as an agency nurse. I was working in Tasmania and then Victoria. Um, I've had some kind of funny run-ins with covid um, when I was in Tasmania, just as I left my contract, there was an outbreak. And then in, when I was in Victoria, just as I left my contract, there was an outbreak. So it felt like I kept dodging COVID. Um, I didn't have that many COVID patients initially. Like there was more just the stress about it and maybe, oh God, that person's had a cough, but no one really seemed to have COVID. I heard about my colleagues in Sydney who were like, getting a bit bombarded but it was more just the it's the real it was the real unknown like we were listening and hearing what was going on in like Europe and the US but um we weren't really sure and I hadn't really dealt with a lot um of COVID myself so um now um I'm in my uh permanent job we've definitely definitely seen a lot of COVID now um I, you know, I've done to the point of doing like a full um, cardiac arrest with, you know, intubation and all that stuff on a COVID positive patient. So um, it's, yeah, definitely escalated. Um, In regards to how it's gone initially, yeah, it was all really unsure and all scared of it. But now we, we used to have a hot zone where I worked, but since the newest outbreak of Omicron, we haven't reinstated that hot zone anymore. We um, just isolate 
Um, only people who are actively coughing now, even if you come up to my triage desk and say, hey, I'm COVID positive, I just go, cool, are you coughing? No, all right, go and sit down. So we don't even isolate people anymore. Um, and I think that's more a case of the fact that we just we don't have enough single rooms for all of the people. So, um, And the idea is that everyone's vaccinated. So we are trying to isolate like immunocompromised patients over COVID patients. Um, so hopefully just protecting those people as opposed to just anyone. So we do warn people when they're coming to emergency that, you know, it's a COVID risk area. Um, and, but, you know, it's a hospital. So obviously it's a COVID risk area. It's been interesting. One woman came in a while back when we still had the hot zone and she had a cough and she was like, I don't want to go anywhere that there's been COVID. And I was like, well, you can't come to hospital then. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. So I think people were still pretty worried, but the people seem a little less worried now. I guess we're vaccinated. It seems like cases are milder. Um, it seems like people in ICUs are either unvaccinated or like, you know, lots of comorbidities. So I feel a bit less worried um, about it personally. I don't really want any of my older relatives to get it, but um but sort of I feel like the stress is a little bit less. Um, but, yeah, otherwise it's just it's been it's been quite a whirlwind. Hey, guys, my name's Nikita. I'm an agency midwife. And one of the things that we have been struggling with the most during the pandemic is being able to actually get to work. So for those of us who work for agencies and do regional remote healthcare, whether they be nurses, midwives, doctors, we often get sent all over the place to work in regional remote communities where they don't have enough permanent staff. And that often means crossing state lines. And during the pandemic, that's been really challenging. So a lot of these communities are being left without adequate healthcare cover and that's been really hard so we haven't been able to do our jobs properly because of that. From a maternity point of view the thing that is most affecting pregnant women and women engaging in our services for maternity care one their right to having visitors in hospital is being clamped down on a little bit so it used to be when you come in and have a baby you could have as many people as you wanted in hospital to visit you during the birth and afterwards and we're having to be really strict on that at the moment because of covid and people are being limited to one visitor um, in the height of the pandemic which is really hard for women going through childbirth wanting their perhaps their mother and their husband there at the same time or you know more than one support person so that's been really challenging for them and the other thing we're struggling with is keeping women safe in the midst of a pandemic so as we know pregnant women are well and healthy it's the only time in your life that you'll go to the hospital if you're choosing to birth in a hospital to get medical care when you're actually not sick so keeping these well women safe and healthy during this when they come in to give birth with us and keeping their vulnerable newborns safe is a really challenging thing in the midst of a pandemic so that's it's just a few of the things that we're struggling with as midwives during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi guys, it's Giselle. I'm one of the ICU nurses that work in a public hospital in Melbourne and one of my biggest challenges so far with COVID-19 and working in the healthcare system is acknowledging and understanding that I am smart enough and capable enough to care for our patient cohort, especially during these tough times. Like myself and probably other nurses, we have been thrown in the deep end or, or moved from our comfort zone, whether we're in a specialty area to other areas such as ICU and learning in a very quick time frame, new skills and new assessments that we are not quite... Um, like experienced in so for example for me it was learning ventilators and intubation and abgs and how to care for an art line um, and doing all these complex assessments it was very difficult to understand and comprehend that yes I am learning this in a very quick time frame but I had to acknowledge and support myself as well as my fellow colleagues that we are doing our best that we can given the circumstances that we've been put in and not not only myself but my fellow colleagues and student nurses we're all we're all in it together and we're all learning every day and we're all doing the best that we can so it's very important to help understand that and support one another and empower one another especially during these tough times I guess if you guys have any questions please send them through because there's so many things that we 
probably haven't covered and so many things that you guys want to know, but we wanted to kind of give you a little insight into what it's like, because right now I know in like major cities like Sydney and things, we haven't yet to experience it in Brisbane since we've been back. But in Sydney, I know that my colleagues and my friends there, they enter work and their entire ICU is now a COVID ICU. The admin staff, the nurses, the doctors, the physios, the everyone is in full PPE all day because they everyone in there has COVID. So instead of coming in and out of negative pressure rooms, everything is a COVID unit. You sit down in the computers and PPE, you go into, you don't have any rooms. You just, it's all open. You go into wherever because everyone has it and it's just crazy. And I really feel for those nurses and I'm really sending them so much love and support and like, just keep going. We got this. We can all get through this together. It's not easy being a frontline worker. We deserve way more money than we're getting as everyone knows that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just want to say that we know what it's like and we're here with you and we support you. And if you need help, if you need someone to reach out to, please reach out to us. Yeah, vent to us. We're always happy to have a chat. Always, always. And if you want to come on the podcast and chat about your experience during the pandemic, like if you have some crazy stories, like please get in touch with us because we would love that. Yeah, we, we love, love having some a crazy chat. stories. Yeah, we love it. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> love oh, having a chat. God. We could drink a chat all day, mate. I know. What a time. Oh, the other thing that's weird, like maybe I don't know if people know about, but being an essential worker, if you're not an essential worker, if you are around a close contact or you, I think even now they might have changed it that even if someone in your household has COVID and you're an essential worker, you're still allowed to work as long I as you that test too. every day and you don't have any symptoms. Mm, and apparently in the UK, they just announced that even if you are sick, even if you're positive, even if you have symptoms, they're saying do not test, you no longer have to isolate at all, mm. ever. They're saying we want to treat it like a flu. If you feel unwell, do the right thing, be normal, stay home. But if yep. you like, if you are fine, go to work. Yeah, it's going to be strange to see over the next couple of years, like how it happens, you know, because like, mm. you know, when like C. diff and all that come in and like, what else? What I'm trying to think, what else comes in? You always have to isolate them. It's always those things. It's always oh, so C. many diff. things. MRSA. MRSA, that's the one. Everyone was dreaming yeah. that like this is going to be the new MRSA. Like everyone's everyone's bloody got it. And <laughs> we always have to put them in that little isolation section. And now it's just going to be the new thing. Like you just stay behind your little COVID curtain. <laughs> yeah. And just put God. the word COVID up there. And they're like, oh, another COVID one. Here we go. Like, mm-hmm. Thank God yeah, for the right tests. I love them. Yeah, they're, they're so good. Like the invention of those was great because back when, like when COVID first happened, those didn't exist. And we were waiting at the minimum of four hours for a COVID test back, even if that patient wasn't positive. We'd be waiting four yeah. hours in PPE for that test to come back. Um, and the so same shit. with people now, like I know some people's tests are taking three days to seven days to ridiculous days, but they're so overworked. But now that these rat tests, hopefully they get around better and they're cheaper to access because they're going to be the future for everyone until they obviously say we don't have to isolate anymore, but yeah. they're just so handy. And yeah, do a test guys. If you're feeling unwell, if you feel like you've got symptoms, I know they're also really hard to get. But also if you can't get one and you feel sick and you've got a flu, you've got a sore throat, you've got a lot like sore lower back pain. Apparently that's a new one that they've added on there. The back um, pain on, just stay home. Like do the right thing for everyone. Do the right thing for us, please. Because we can't be any more overworked. We're so dead. I know. And I'm just waiting to get it. I just, oh, yeah. Happen. And for everyone out there as well, like please be kind to nurses and doctors and anyone working in a medical field at the moment, because I've seen some horrific things at testing Mm. centers. I've seen people extremely rude to nurses who are in PPE outside in 30 degree, like weather for 12 hours. They don't want to do it either, but they're doing it there because that's their job and they have to, they don't have a choice. So please just be kind because like, we're all in the same boat here. We're all dealing with it together. And yes, they have to go home to their family and they've swabbed a hundred people in a day. They have to risk that every day for their own families and their own lives. And so many nurses aren't even living with their families at the moment because they're doing these high risk jobs. So yeah, just be, be nice. Like they're doing the best that they can and like respect people like you respect anyone else. We've seen some pretty yeah bad language towards those nurses. <laughs> yeah. Not nice. Breaks my heart. It's not nice. We're all in this together, guys. So we're just, you know, I've got to stick together and we'll get through it. Yes. It'll be part of our normal lives. I know. And if, if um, anyone wants to know the key to getting through COVID as a nurse, it's wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and gin. Wine and gin. Right wine now gin, I'm baby. actually drinking. I, Me and Jess bought these good wine, good pair 
day wine boxes yeah, and we also got like a free so little long. cooler in there which is so exciting um and I got four bottles of wine and I'm having one of the Pinot Grigios right now which the brand is called Bebon which sounds so fancy yeah. it's a nice uh-huh. little bottle it looks very cute you could yeah. actually don't open my box I was like open my box but no no I'll your box is still downstairs I need to go get it um <sighs> But is yes, the cheese board one, nice? You get a free little cheese yeah, board. And I got a little um cooler, like a little, what do you call it? Um, When you open the bottle, a bottle opener yes. thing. Can open a thing. That's because yeah. I gave you my referral code. We both yeah. got one. Yeah, do you reckon that was the gift? The little yeah, gift? Yeah, I think that's the gift. Oh, oh. love it. Yeah, it's so cute. And now we can take it now. Travels around. It's got a little cheese thing on the top. You can put your cheese in there and have your cold wine inside. Ooh. Oh, fabulous. Mm. They've got like a free deal at the moment. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. But they've got a free deal at the moment that if you buy... I think it's like minimum of three bottles of wine. They give yeah. you a free cooler cheese board box. So yeah, get on it. And it if you don't cute. like wine or if you do like wine, but you also want some other alcohol, you cannot go past baby pink gin because mm. everyone already knows that we love it. And we actually ordered some more. I ordered two more boxes of it. Just waiting for that to come too. <laughs> With our lovely um, discount code. I finished it the other day. Um, but yes, anyone that wants some gin or even just a little birthday gift for someone, they've got these little packs that come with candles, fairy floss, little orange bits, some like elderflower, little things that you put in there. It's so cute. cute. Put Gin Up Podcast, all in capital letters, at the checkout for 15% off. Yeah. Bloody So yeah, epic, get on it. It's so good. Who doesn't like alcohol? And it's going to get us through this, guys. Okay. <laughs> Get on this is what we alcohol. do. This is how we manage. Send me alcohol, please. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. But no, very, oh, yes. very grateful about baby pink gin. I yeah. love it. I can't wait to get to Brisbane and have more. Oh, I also, my glass broke in my luggage. Oh, we smashed but two glasses. Luckily, we still have four more because we bought these That's really, right. really, really cute glasses that were actually Christmas glasses from Kmart. They have these like, they just, they look like super expensive glasses. They're like pearl colored. And they're like shimmer in the sun. And I got them for like 12 bucks. It came out. <laughs> so one of our friends broke mine the other day and she felt so bad because she thought they were super expensive. I was like, nah, mate, yeah. 12 bucks. Then mine Don't broke worry. in my home. So, you know, it is what it is. We've got four more. So it's all G. Yeah. It's just <laughs> materialistic shit. It's okay. But yeah. It's all good. That's pretty much where we're at. Um, so if anyone has any questions, please send them through. If anyone mm. wants to know any more life updates about, you know, our journey, let us know. Um. But yeah, otherwise we're sending love, life, and laughter to you guys always. And yeah, keep we'll your see you. Up. We'll see you next week, baby. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.